Oh, hello, hello, hello. Okay, you guys, so this is Tinkerbell. And uh, if you see us getting distracted today, she has just been, we call her Tink the Terror when she's not being a precious angel. Um, <laughs> so she's gonna join us here and there. You might not see her, but she'll bump the camera, I'm, I'm sure. She likes the three yeah. legs. She likes those three legs down there. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Adcock. This is Miss Darby Bell Adcock. Good How are you doing this morning, Miss Darby? I'm wonderful. Good morning, everyone. I missed you at church yesterday. Yes, I missed you guys very much. We uh, had a great day at uh, Bible Baptist. How about your day? You were toward Granger area? Yes. I uh, I guest led worship at a church called Influence Church, um, and they spell it with an N. Um, no so. I. No I. Just no There's no I in influence. No, not, this, not in this one. But it was really lovely and um, some of the worship leaders were sick and um, we've we've kind of been in contact with that church here a little bit. So it was just really nice to be able to, to go and help friends, which is super important. Help the, yeah. the big C church. It's a season of sharing. Yes, it is. Yes, so, it is. But you guys had some baptisms yesterday. Big baptisms. Yeah, we did. We baptized my daughter, Ariana, and then uh, we had a youth person... Um, get uh, baptized uh, cool. took two of us to do him yesterday oh yeah uh, not because of size or anything but just uh just based upon uh, the fact that the excitement excitement um he um was i think influenced by a couple people in our youth group and so malachi and ryan walters was able to baptize him together and i thought that was pretty awesome oh that's, kind that's of, cool kind of the idea of um sharing again you know just yeah i, I think sometimes we we get so serious in church that we forget that baptism's really a thing of celebration. Yeah. It's somebody, you know, and, and I thought Logan did a good job in his video where he said, I've already asked Jesus in my heart. I just want everybody to know it. And Absolutely. that's why I'm getting baptized. And I thought, oh, that's, that's what this is about. Yep. So I thought you were going somewhere different with that. Where like, he's been influenced by other people. I'm like, what did he like do a joke <laughs> or did he do a prank or, you know, I, I have seen the heart, some of the heart, like when you're, I don't know if you guys have ever seen baptisms where, a little just yes. you, you don't want to drop them and it's a big responsibility to make it go smooth and stuff but i find that the, the hardest ones when people have not done enough trust falls you know what well, i mean yes i mean I, I would be scared of like are you gonna catch me you know well it's funny because i think ryan if i'm looking at logan and i was holding the mic so when malachi was talking and so malachi's talking and ryan's on this side malachi's on this side and they kind of got an arm in the back and they're gonna take him down and Logan kind of stopped and he said, are you going to lift me up? And Malachi's no, we're going to dunk you and uh, we're going to put you backwards. So that's what they did. It went, worked well. And, uh, had two baptisms yesterday, which is always exciting at Christmas time. It's exciting anytime. Um, our church is a little different. I shouldn't say different. Um, but there's a lot of churches that like, they choose a day. Hey, we're going to, everybody's going to get baptized on this Sunday or, you know, this, at this time we're going to go to this lake or, you know, whatever they, they can do. And I think that's cool too. Um, but I, I like the idea too, when people get saved and say, I'm going to be baptized that we get it done. Yeah. And then those of you who don't know, I know you, uh, most of you know, but, uh, Malachi is the youth director and then Ryan is, um, Ryan is one of the youth helpers, volunteers. Yeah. He's been doing it for years. So just for those of you hearing that, that name, he is, uh, one of our small group leaders and he's just been really influ influential in a lot of these kids lives yeah and you know it's uh, you know ryan just has a great heart he has a he, he loves to serve i think i think and, and i think if he was here he'd agree with this i think ryan wants to make sure that every activity 
is as successful as possible. Oh, yeah. You know, and so he'll do whatever it takes to make sure that happens. And if you guys are ever seeing the youth group at, you know, the Knox high school games or any sort of sports things, it's Ryan that put yeah. it together. So maybe yeah. we should have him on the podcast one of these times. Yeah. He's got a beautiful head of hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you hesitated. Yeah, you're jealous. I, uh, it's okay. No, I'm not jealous. I, <laughs> I just like I like uh, I like I like I like groomed hair. I like short hair. So. Mm, Always have. Um, My I'm, brother's he used to have the long hair, and I don't think I've ever seen Ryan put it in a man bun. We all know what a man bun is, but yeah, yeah. let's let's hope not. <laughs> I know, but before we get too <laughs> off track here, let's talk about what you talked about yesterday. Well, you know, the th- and I told the church this. And I'm not sure if I said in the. F- the second service or not, but as a message I kind of struggled to put together, um, I was kind of heading one direction. I just wanted to speak about the wise men, but then I, I kept coming back to Psalm 19, one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament that showeth forth his handiwork day and day utter speech and night showeth his knowledge. And I just thought, man, what is, what is God trying to say here? And then I started thinking about all the times that God had revealed himself but remained untouchable. Mm-hmm. So you have Mount Sinai experience and the smoke and the, the fire that came on the mountain. The people were so scared. They said, Moses, you go speak, to, go speak to God, then you come tell us what God said. You have the Moses being hid in the cleft of the rock so God could pass by, and Moses saw the backside of God. You have uh, God filling the temple when Solomon finished the tabernacle, and it was so powerful, and the Shekinah glory of God filled it so much that the people couldn't even enter it and then we have jesus and 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 it just kind of hit me that if you kind of go with joseph and mary who are the kind of the beginning components to this in the manger or in the in the stable area and we're not sure if it's a stable or a cave or you know i know there's different interpretations there but needless to say joseph and mary were the first ones to see the face of god in the essence of Jesus in human flesh, mm-hmm. possibly, and I, and I think it was Joseph who had to help Mary have the child. There was no midwife, there were no sisters around, no aunts or anything that we know. It was just Mary and Joseph, and so Joseph is uh, the doctor and the nurse, and he has to catch the baby. You have to wonder too. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are some people out there that have studied this and would know, but you know, at that that time, that culture. You know, you, I know you have midwives and stuff, but I wonder how much men were versed in, like, I, I'm, it maybe would they have been, I just, I wonder, like, if Joseph had had sisters or just whatever the culture was, did he know what he was doing or was it a culture thing that, like, the men were not? I would have to, I, we know Joseph was a carpenter and he, we, I think we brought this up in every episode, but when we were in Israel, um, we we'll found, bring that up a lot, <laughs> yeah. we really will. But we found out carpentry where was not necessarily wood. Mm-hmm. It was stonework. Mm-hmm. And that was considered carpentry, which today we would call masonry mm-hmm. in our culture. But in Joseph's... Which is also what Jesus did. Yes. So it's very possible a lot of the mosaics that people see in the Middle East, that's the work of, we would say that's a mosaic work, that's that's a masonry work. Well, in their day, they would say that was carpentry work. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible that Joseph was in masonry uh, type stonework. He could have done some wood, but there's not a lot of wood there. Yeah. You know, and so that was... You know, that kind of caught my eyes. Like, there's a lot more rocks here than there are wood than there is wood. But I share that because also it was an agricultural. So having lambs, mm, goats yeah. having babies. Um, if you if you talk to ranchers today that have cattle, they have uh, different tools like come alongs that help 
um, heifers when they're when they're birthing and yeah. maybe maybe a, a calf needs helped out and they put a chain around leg and they you know they come along and you know just brutal yes <laughs> but and to some extent and i don't i hope this doesn't come across impolite or or rude but to some extent a child or an animal being born comes from the womb yeah so so much of the work is done by the the, the woman or the female mm-hmm. and Joseph is there, and I and I I try to present it as like Joseph's like Mary, you got to push. Yeah, Mary, it's I can I can feel the crown of the head, uh, Mary, I can, you know. And then I and I just kind of pause there, and it it really hit me that there was this moment, and I remember from my own experience as a father watching my children be born. There there's a moment where the doctor has the head, the body's still in the womb of the of the mother, uh, you know, but the head is out. And he's taking a suction cup and he's suctioning all the mucus out of the mouth and mm-hmm. the nose so the baby can begin to breathe. And they obviously they want the baby to scream pretty soon um, to kind of get the stuff out of the lungs. But I just imagine Joseph with his finger to the best of ability kind of wiping off on his robe or his clothing, sticking his finger in there and getting the mucus out. Because he, he knows from possibly helping on the farm agriculturally that there could be mucus in the, in the yeah. nasal lodge or the mouth. And, and just thinking there for a moment, just for a second, that... I'm, I'm, I'm holding the head of God. I'm holding the head of the son of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm putting my finger in the mouth of God. I'm getting the mucus out. And, you know, people, people have this idea that, you know, I think sometimes people have the idea that Jesus never had a dirty diaper Yeah. or Jesus never fell down and scuffed his knees. He was human. Yeah. He was as much human. He was all, you know, it's hard for us to understand. He's all human. He's all God. Yeah. But being all human we know that sometimes we trip, sometimes we fall. You remember a professor in college said that um, Jesus cute, you know, ood, you know, and he, he kind of slobbered. He broke his teeth, you know, he had to get bro- his teeth broken. and um, By falling, maybe, you know. Well, not, I mean, I mean, his teeth had to come in, you know, oh, the, the gotcha. pain, the pain of, I don't know, we always call it breaking teeth, but, but the idea of just your teeth coming in. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, and just. Joseph pausing there for a moment, holding the head of Jesus, and he's and he, and he kind of maneuvered the shoulders, and the baby comes out, and and he's holding, he's holding God, he's holding God who spoke this world into existence, and God was so humble to come in such a fragile, vulnerable way as an infant. Yeah, and that, and that just kind of captured me, and then uh, I went from there with uh, Mary holding him, nursing, uh, wrapping him in swaddling clothes, the shepherds coming in. And, and I exaggerate a little bit with the shepherds, maybe putting a hand in there. And, and I realize that he's just an infant, but just, you know how babies grab your finger? Yeah. And I just, I just kind of imagine that a little bit, that that shepherd reached down, touched, and Jesus grabbed his finger. And the shepherd thinking to himself, I've been touched by the hand of God. Mm. You know, and then the wise men coming later down the road. And that was just kind of the gist of it, trying to present it in a way that maybe people haven't thought about before. Yeah. I, and just some of the stuff of, you know, I know... You know, you guys might be listening to this and, you know, even like the birthing process, you know, for some, I, you know, some people it's a little uncomfortable for my, you know, I, I get uncomfortable <laughs> with that, you know, but for the people it might be like, oh, TMI, you know, but that, that kind of stuff, we say this a lot of the, and a lot of what we just did is, is somewhat called deductive reasoning. So we're just like, well, I just, I wonder if this, you know, a lot of this is just wondering. And again, we've talked about this in other podcasts too, of just asking those questions of did joseph know what he was doing could he have known deductive reasoning points to like you said agricultural um they he would have known but it's we we point out these things because we said this last week as well that this is you know 
again, I joked last week of like, that's not the the, bio, the Christmas story I was told. <laughs> yeah. But if you really think about, again, these are these are not just stories. These aren't just characters in a no. story. These are real people that had some real things. And, and I think we jump on this podcast too to just kind of point, you know, point to that as well and to just kind of illuminate. And I even, you know, this is a fun fact of the day too, uh, two things. I, I hope you caught the um, that Jesus was a carpenter, Joseph was a carpenter, but back then, like often like in the child stories that we, yeah. what are they called? The felt things yeah, that, in um, Sunday school? Yeah, if you wouldn't ask me, I could have told you. It was um, flannelgraph. Flannelgraph. Flannelgraph? Flannel. Flannel graph. Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up with flannel graph a ton. So, you know, you sure. see the flannel graph and you see like the wood and the carpenter that, you know, that Jesus is working on and stuff and, or, you know, carpentry and stuff. But really back then, like you said, that there, there might've been a little bit of wood, but it was so much of the, the rock that they were using or working with. So he right. was really a masonary. Yeah. Not masonary. Masonary. Yeah. Masonary. Um, yeah. I lost my train of thought for a second, but that is something just that we don't think of the story that we, like, oh, he was working with wood. It was really stone. Yeah. And even it's the, probably a mixture of both, but it's probably yes. more stone than wood. I mean, um, you, you only can work with what you have available. Yep. And then even the, the stable, he, he quickly said that as well. But when we, we, we point to Israel because we, we got to be there in the land that the Bible was, that we're reading about. So excuse us that we, we refer to that so much, but a lot of what we learned and the heart for this podcast has come from that. And uh, when we learned about stables, could it have been a, an actual stable of wood? Maybe, but more likely, a lot of the stables were in the side of a mountain because there's so much rock there. Yeah. And they've got these like cutouts in the mountain and a ton of sheep would go under and you're in a rock like you're under a rock there yeah and not not to get lost in this but there is a specific place let me let me back up the shepherds that were in bethlehem were considered passover shepherds Mm. so their their main their main task was to raise sheep that would be sold for the passover sacrifice so it's not it's not coincidence that God went to these shepherds. God went to the exact shepherds that understood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. They understood what an animal was being born for, and they understood uh, that that this lamb was born to die. And I want to say Magal, the Tower Magal, but I don't know if I have the right name. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a specific place where they would birth these lambs, and there was a very sterile. It was all stone. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, the, the, the manger was stone, and they would wrap the lamb in swaddling clothes. And they would place them in a manger to, to protect the lamb from getting any blemishes. Because, you know, in Passover, you can't purchase a lamb with a blemish. Yeah. So the, the shepherds were very careful in this. And here was another thought I had about this. I, I've, I've experienced my wife with her three births from beginning to end. You know, and so good man. Yeah, yeah. Watched it, cut the cord. You know, give me the cigar. Good to go, right? And but I was always amazed how much work the doctor or the nurses did after the birth. Mm-hmm. And this is always this has always kind of been a struggle of mine. Like, obviously, I don't know what we don't. You know, we weren't given the size of Jesus. Well, he was 21 inches long and he weighed 10.5 pounds. They, you know, they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like we do in our culture. Um, God didn't feel fit to tell us that, but I've always wanted just, this is a really outside thought. 
What if the shepherds who were used to birthing were there? And when they came, is it possible that they may have helped Joseph with the process of whatever takes place after the birth? Yeah. To take care, help take care of Mary, help her heal. Yeah. Because, you know, um, of the many women that I have um, been able to go to the hospital and be with her and her husband um, after the birth of a child or even the birth of my own children, um, there is a there is a certain part of there's a certain element of medicine that a woman needs to begin the healing process. Mm-hmm. But we don't ever really think about that. Did she have to do it alone? Did she and Joseph have to like? Was there any help there until I, I presented that they had to do it alone? Yeah. You know, a lot of times there'd be Jewish midwives. A lot of times there'd be sisters or aunts or people in the community, mm-hmm. but they're in Bethlehem. Yeah. There's no room in the inn. Yeah. They, they're likely with, within a city, a family, but family has said no to them because of the pregnancy. Yeah. So Joseph has to do this. And, and, and my thoughts always been, and I've never really brought this up in a church service because I didn't want people to throw, uh, you know, throw things at me, but I'm just like, less something you know and people may say well god protected mary and she you know she didn't have any problems and that may be true yeah but we the bible doesn't say that Mm -hmm. either but but just what what if these shepherds who were so skilled at the birth of lambs knew exactly to at least tell joseph hey you may want you may need to do this yeah may need this may need to happen and and because there's a process, there's, there, you know, there, you clean the baby, yes, but if you don't clean the womb uh, of a mother, there could be an infection that sits in. And, I've, you know, obviously we're really kind of speculating here on some things that are not important in the big picture. But what we try to do is what we talked about before is how do we get the scriptures into our bones? Yeah. And if you don't ask the question, it's never, you never, it doesn't matter how crazy the question may seem. You know, I've, I, this is a question I've asked, but I've never brought it up in a sermon. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, I think there's a difference there. Like, I'm not going to bring up every question I have in, into a sermon because I don't want to create that kind of chaos. Yeah. But that question may lead me to something different, which like, okay, for example, the wise men come in, mm-hmm. gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, yes, people say, well, that helped Joseph and Mary survive. Yes, but there are also pictures of his burial. Mm-hmm. And so if... If gifts given to Jesus when he was a toddler, you know, anywhere from four to six months old, possibly, compared to um, the shepherds and what they were doing with Mary, why why couldn't that? Why can't we connect the dots there? Yeah, and that's that's all I'm just trying to do, and that's what I love about these podcasts is that we can kind of come in and share some of these questions, and people can sit back and laugh with us, or they can sit back and say, "I've never even considered that before," and that's fine, but that's. I think if we're going to get the scriptures into our bones, we can't be afraid to ask. Yeah. And we, I mean, we've said this from the very beginning of it is, it's just, it's not the way that our Western culture has been conditioned to ask things. You know, it's, I wouldn't say our, I wouldn't say it's so much like put your questions on the shelf. I really don't think so. I just think that people at the time think of like the nineties, like, cause I had this question going to Israel when I started to have pictures of the text and I'm here, I'm like, how did people teach this so wrong? You know, I've like, right. and I, but people, I, I really was, was gently corrected because it's easy. It's easy to point finger, fingers. It's easy to be like, well, I can't believe that they 
it's e it's just easy to do that. And I was gently corrected by our teacher of like the people before just really didn't have the picture beforehand. And I think the more that we, with our resources, people can take trips to Israel or even the Holy Lands or see the cultural context, study that. It's just, it, it's so important. And, and we said this before, again, of the word is living and active. And I really think that the, the way that the world is opening up, we have more opportunities. That's a huge way of the, of the way that the, there's many ways that the word is living and active in even more of a, a spiritual way of just, you can, how many of you guys know that you can come back to the same text that you've known and hidden in your heart for years and go through something and come back and something's brand new yeah. and that way it's true and then i really do think the more that we can ask these questions of the text of what was the culture at that time what was where geographically where was this located that lends itself to culture you know just that is a way that the word expands as well in our understanding and just going back again of i know it's scary even like you said of like we get a little bit scared of like I have these questions and it's going to create chaos. And if we, yes, that feeling is there. And when you're of the heart of a teacher, totally. If, you know, I, if you're teaching and, you know, we don't run off with these questions to go, hey, I was thinking about this to minds that are like, they need to learn things. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think I need to explain further there. But, you know, ask, ask the questions. And I, I have been told this too. Um, when I had some really big questions that uh, when I had started leading corporate worship, I knew I was going to have questions. I just didn't think that they were going to be that kind of like faith shaking sure. questions. Yeah. And I had a wonderful mentor, uh, Pastor Ian McClelland in uh, River Valley Rockford. Um, he just said, I, God can handle your questions, yeah. you know, and just he really, it, they might seem chaotic to us, but one thing that we love to point to with these with these stories of the Bible and we're on Christmas right now is that these questions just God was so he was so specific in everything that he did and like the exact timing that Jesus came as a baby I like he could have saved the world in an, in an, in an instant but he chose the waiting game he chose time he chose mm -hmm. to take people on a journey for the time of Jesus's tangible life on earth and, and thousands of years after, and I just, we, you know, we point to, I know we're talking so much about Mary and Joseph and the birth and was she in pain, was she not, but that lends itself to the, like, we all are on a specific journey with God and I can't, you know, just of, of Jesus's uh, life and when he goes into the 30s, like, I just, you have to wonder of like, what happened in that stable that, that God was working on Mary's heart and God was working on Joseph's heart of these like was Joseph scared of I don't know what I'm doing well God's like well just trust me right. and and we we ask these questions of God what were you doing and what was the what was the point and and my my last thought there too of you know the questions they can come of we can ask cultural stuff we can ask that were the shepherds there were they not what you know and but it's all of these things of if we can point back not just what does this mean for me but if we, we were taught this too of like, God, what does this mean about God? Like, what is God trying to do here? And if we can continue to, to shift our questions there of yeah. however chaotic they might seem or left field, they, number one, God had a purpose. Number two, um, God was so just, yeah, purpose and intention. And, uh, our cat is just bugging us today. We're so sorry, guys. Um, 
but number two, God can God can take your questions, and mm. they might seem chaotic to you, but there is there is such purpose in Him, and He He will not be shaken by your questions at all. No, and you know, what if? And again, we just let's connect dots here, just real quick, just fictitious dots maybe. But what if Joseph was uncomfortable, as you said, it wasn't didn't have confidence in what to do. He did the delivery, but he didn't know what to do afterwards. God brings shepherds in that are familiar with birth, mm-hmm. so they 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 help Joseph. And again, this is not in the Bible. I, I get this. Don't 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 you know don't don't comment on this. Well, this isn't in the scripture. I, we get that. We're we're kind of filling in between the blanks with some of the questions mm-hmm. that we're having, but then we fast forward. We we find the wise men come to the house. Mary and Jesus is there, but not Joseph. Is Joseph working? Mm-hmm. And then when Joseph, imagine Joseph coming home from work that day, and Mary says, "Oh, by the way, we had visitors today, uh, people from the east, wise men from the east, and they left gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and now much of their needs are provided for through these three gifts." Mm-hmm. But you know, we don't often, if we don't ask the question, we're not able to kind of connect dots. And I guess that's where leading you know where we're kind of leading to next steps is begin to ask questions be, don't be don't be afraid of the question be careful who you're who you tell your people you know who the, uh, the questions you tell people to because some people don't don't particularly like questions like questions <laughs> right you know and um and that's okay we'll gently shepherd them along yes. and say that it's okay everybody's different mm-hmm. but you think about a kid we said this last week in last week's podcast, be followers of God as dear children, Ephesians 5, 1. And kids ask all kinds of questions. Why? 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 And I think that's what God wants to do with the word. Mm-hmm. If we're getting involved, why? 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 And then we just keep, you know, and that's what the Jewish rabbis do. And that's what this why students enjoy specific rabbis because they ask all these questions. And so when they're teaching, they're coming from all these different angles that, oh, I never thought about that before. I never put that together before, but it makes sense because somebody was willing to ask the question. Yeah. And as you guys are um, just maybe, you know, Christmas is next week. And uh, as you guys are preparing for this this Christmas season and you guys might open up the, the Christmas story, which is Luke 2. Um, where does it start? Luke 2, verse 1, and Matthew 2, verse 1. And, you know, so if you guys are curious and you guys are starting to, to go through and um, and you guys are kind of just preparing your hearts, we just, and again, we, we ask these questions. And if you're like, I'm not even there yet. I don't even know who, I've never even felt God. I'm not, I'm just so, or even you've just gone through a season that you're just like, I did feel God one season and I don't feel him. And just, we, we just, our prayer this season is if, if you guys have never felt near to God before that we would just, our prayer is to what we point to this Christmas story that, that God came near to you 2000 years ago in the form of a baby. And that's what this year, this, this, this celebration is about. And, uh, as you come to, you know, celebrating this year with your, with your family, we just, we pray that you, you know, that God is so near to you and, there's a testimony in the Bible of God coming near to you 2,000 years ago, and, mm-hmm. and his name is Jesus Christ, and you read about him his whole life. You should call him Jesus. You shall save people from their sins. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Mm-hmm. So, Darby, thank you for being back with us today. Yeah, I missed you guys yesterday and, at Bible uh, Baptist. I'm Pastor Adcock with Miss Darby here, and uh, we'll see you next week on Next Steps. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>